It's time for Defending the Faith with Pastor Kenny Word of Gospel Lighthouse Church in Bossier City. Defending the Faith uses foundational principles, fundamental teachings, and faithful preaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ to influence the world and strengthen believers in their daily walk. And now, here's Pastor Kenny Word. Praise the Lord. Welcome to Defending the Faith. Hey, I'm Pastor Kenny Word. I'm your host here at Defending the Faith. I want to thank you for joining us on today's program. Now, here at Defending the Faith, we focus on some just basic things. We kind of break them down into fundamental principles, foundational teachings, and faithfully preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. I believe that when the church begins to get back to its roots and begins to get back to those basic fundamental things that the church was built on, we will experience a growth and a powerful dynamic that we are missing clearly in the church today. So many of us today just have a topical, just a vain understanding of the things of God. It's often been characterized in America that our theology, our doctrine, is a mile wide and an inch deep. And I think that's pretty accurate, to be honest with you. Most of us, you know, we have a problem getting into that deeper place with God. And so that's really one of the, the foundational things that this program is built on and what we aim to do. And that is to get us back to those fundamental things. It's so important, so critical that we all that we all take the time to do those basic things the most, to do those basic things. Now, here at Defending the Faith, I do want to introduce myself. My name is Pastor Kenny Word. I'm the pastor over at Gospel Lighthouse Church in South Bossier City. And South Bossier City, we have uh, right there our church on 4350 Panther Drive. It is a little brown church with a white steeple. Uh, you'll see the sign in front of it that says Gospel Lighthouse Church. And we have a beautiful congregation, an, an, an awesome group of people. If you don't have a church home, we would love to have you come visit us. This is a great time of year to come uh, visit. Uh, this is a great time of year to get plugged into a church. And I do want to tell you, you know, whether you go to our church or not, this is a, a, you know, a, a unique time in American history, but it's very important to your spiritual vitality that you get plugged into a church home, whether it's here, there, or wherever. You need to get plugged into a church home. You need to come under, you know, a a pastor. You need to come under some good fundamental Bible teachings. Get somewhere where somebody will teach you the Bible. You know, if, if the Bible is, you know, taught, then that's where you need to be. Um, But what you don't want to do is stay, you know, out there disconnected from the family of God, disconnected from your brothers and your sisters in the Lord. And I know so many people who have begun to, you know, to start doing church at home, you know, in in some uh, some other cities. I know so many people who, you know, they just they withdraw. They withdraw from fellowshipping with other believers. And I want you to know that God. His plan was to bring us together. Um, You know, that's why we're called to not forsake the assembling of ourselves together. 
It's because we're there. We provide encouragement for one another. When you see your brother or your sister pressing on into God, it encourages you. And there may be times when you go to church and you know, you need some help. You need someone to pray with you. You need someone to stand and fight with you. And, you know, that's what it's all about. Um, and, and, you know, we all come together for one purpose, and it's not to build churches. You know, uh, our purpose is not to further the name of our church. Our purpose is to further the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I think a lot of times, you know, in the church world, especially in America, uh, that gets backwards. That really does get backwards. Well, hey, you know, on today's program, I want to, you know, come back on what we were talking about yesterday. Now, here we are at Thanksgiving week. Uh, We're coming up into holiday season And as we get into this message this morning, we're going to be talking about how important it is to be thankful. Um, This is a a very important time of the year. Um, I do want to give one announcement before we get into the Bible study this morning. Uh, This announcement is this. Um, In the upcoming weeks, we're going to be talking about Christmas. We're going to be talking about uh, the biblical evidences for Christmas and Um, You know, there is an attack, an all-out attack by many people on Christmas, telling people that you should not celebrate it. So what we're going to do on Defending the Faith, we're going to go into the Word of God, and I'm going to show you and give you a lot of examples and teach you some things about the biblical uh, truth about Christmas. So it's going to be good. Um, I'm looking forward to it. I'm actually doing a series at our church um, on the very same topic. We're going to be doing those on Sunday nights for the next few weeks. But we're really excited about it. Hope you can uh, tune in for those. Now this morning as we get into this message, where we were at yesterday is in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18. And that verse says, In everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. So here in this passage, we understand, we can clearly see what God's desire for you and me is. And that is to be thankful people. This is God's desire for His people. A lot of times, you know, people would always ask, you know, I just am praying that, you know, God would, uh, you know, I want to be in God's perfect will for my life. I want to know what God's will for my life is. And, you know, people will gloss over a passage like this where it tells you what God's will is for you. You know, um, God's will is that you and I would not be, um, you know, vain, that we wouldn't be ungrateful. But God's desire is that we would be a thankful people. And, you know, this is very important in our life that we keep ourselves in a place of thankfulness. Now, I want to show you uh, today one of the most important reasons why. If you turn in your Bible Uh, if you have it with you, over to Romans. In Romans chapter 1, 
there is a one of the most important passages in the Bible um, is verses 18 through 21. Now, Romans 18 through 21, what it does is it basically tells you that there are that God's revealed that he is against the unrighteous person and that even through creation, he reveals himself to people. He reveals himself to people. Um, So I'm going to read that to you. It says in verse 18, for the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. And in verse 19, because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God hath showed it unto them. Verse 20, for the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. And last verse, verse 21, because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Now that verse tells us it's one of the most important passages of the Bible. That is that God speaks to every person. Even through creation, God makes His self known to every person. God speaks to the heart. God reveals Himself. As Paul was relating his conversion, you know, the Lord told him, it's hard for you to kick against the pricks. You know, God was dealing with his heart the whole time he was persecuting the church. This is so important to remember that no matter who you are, where you live, you know, maybe somebody doesn't live in a place where there's a lot of good churches. God still speaks to your heart. Maybe you live in a country where there's not a lot of missionaries. God still speaks to the heart. This verse tells us in verse 20 that even through creation, he makes his self known to people. It it is something that God wires us with. He puts puts it in us. You know, this is like whenever you talk to an atheist. Uh, You know, an atheist is somebody who denies God's existence. You know what they do is they really and truly are trying to convince themselves, but they know deep down, they know deep down that there is a God. They know it. There is no way that something can come from nothing. For somebody to be an atheist, you have to believe that everything came from nothing. That is the most illogical premise that could ever be thought of. Everything had a beginning. Everything came from God. God is before time began. I've heard it said before that it takes it takes more faith to be an atheist because you have to believe that everything came from nothing. And that's just impossible. It doesn't work. Uh, so even through creation, 
God speaks to the heart of people. Now, once God speaks to the heart of people, they have an opportunity to respond. And how many opportunities does one get to respond? Well, we don't know that. Only God knows. God may only give you one chance. God may give you 15 chances. God may give you a chance every day of your life. We don't know. But what we do know is everybody God speaks to. God is not willing that any would perish, but that all would come to saving faith in Jesus Christ. God's not willing that any would perish. His desire is that we would be saved. You know, that is why Jesus is characterized by John the Baptist. When John the Baptist looked upon him, he cried out, Behold the Lamb of God who taketh away the sin of the world. This is why Jesus said he came to save sinners. We're all sinners. The Bible tells us that we've all come short of the glory of God. All have come short of the glory of God. All are standing in need of salvation. And God's desire is to save. And as God speaks to our hearts, and like I said, you know, how many times do we get that opportunity? You know, there are times that somebody goes to church and they're completely shut off from hearing the message. But there's other times, maybe it's a Christmas service they go to. Maybe it's an Easter service they go to. And, you know, they're shut off from it, but there's this one moment where what the preacher says just hits them. I mean, dead on, just hits them square in the heart. And, and it, it almost is like, you know, it's like that smelling sauce. When somebody has a concussion or they blacked out, they give them that smelling sauce. You know, the, the word just comes to them and penetrates that hard heart. And, and it makes that salvation available. And, you know, whether somebody receives that or not, you know, God doesn't make you receive it. So here in this passage, you see in verse 20 that even creation, God uses creation, the things that are invisible, that they can be clearly seen and understood that, you know, people are without excuse. In verse 21, what it says, and this is what I, I really want to camp out on, um, it says in verse 21 that when they knew God, that is, when, when it hit home to them, wow, when, that, you know, when they heard that gospel message and it penetrated through their heart, it pierced their heart a little bit. Maybe, they, maybe it was because they read a, a gospel tract somewhere. Maybe it was because they read something on Facebook. Hey, it could be because they were on a mountaintop. And, and saw the sun rise. Maybe they were on their fishing boat on the lake and, and they saw the beauty of God's creation. Maybe they were at a, 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 an evangelistic meeting, at a tent meeting, and they heard this preacher just preaching the gospel. Wherever it is, God speaks to them. And verse 21 says that when they knew God, that is, you know, when it dawned on them, when they knew God, what they did is, this is talking about the unrighteous people, what they did 
is they glorified him not as God. That is what that means is they didn't worship him. They didn't acknowledge him. They didn't give him the glory that is due him. They didn't say, oh, wow, you are God. You are God alone. You are worthy of my praise. They didn't, you know, lift their hands and lift their hearts and bow down on their knees before the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. When they knew God, they glorified him not. They did not give him the glory due him. And in the following thing, it says, neither were thankful. These, this is the two, uh, this is the two charges against the unrighteous person. They did not glorify him and they were not thankful. Can you imagine of all the things of all the things, and when you break down the word glorify, it, it really gets into acknowledging. And so you can really take that and say, when they knew God, they didn't receive Jesus. They didn't acknowledge Jesus. They didn't receive the gift of salvation that God gave through the through the life, death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. They didn't acknowledge Him. They didn't worship Him. They didn't receive Him. And then in the very same verse, it says, neither were thankful. Can you imagine the, the, the audacity of the creature to reject the Creator? Can you imagine the audacity of the child to reject the love of the father? Can you imagine the audacity of lost sinners to reject the salvation that was given to us through the sacrifice of the Son of God on the cross? The, the, the ultimate sacrifice is when Jesus, who was innocent, who was God in the flesh, allowed those Roman soldiers to nail Him to the cross. And it was on that cross, as He was on that wooden beam, as He was on that tree, that God placed our sin upon him. It was nailed to his cross. I love that old hymn. You know, it's well with my soul. And one of my favorite verses in that hymn is, you know, um, that our sin was nailed to the cross and I bear them no more. I love that part of that song. But when he was on that cross, our sin was nailed to that cross and, and, and he bore, you know, that sin, he bore it and, and uh, was on that cross that the ultimate sacrifice took place. And can you imagine the audacity of people rejecting it? This is, you know, I believe that this is probably one of the things that is going to keep us singing throughout eternity. The, we don't understand the depth of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. Why, you know, whenever we get to heaven, we're not going to be singing how beautiful the streets of gold are. We're not going to be singing how vast heaven is. When we get to heaven, we're going to be singing, 
Worthy, worthy, worthy is the Lamb that was slain. Holy, holy, holy is the Lamb of God. We're going to be worshiping the Lamb of God. We're, we're going to be so awestruck that God would have donned human flesh. I believe that that is going to, to just keep us in awe and wonder and bewilderment throughout all of eternity that God would stoop so low and become a man because His love for us was so perfect and pure and, and His love for us was of the rescuing and redeeming nature that we couldn't help ourselves. We were lost and destined for the path of hell. Creation had forever been cursed when Adam and Eve sinned against God. This whole earth became destined for hell. And it's only through the redeeming work of Jesus Christ on the cross that we can experience eternal life, that we can escape a future in hell and have a future in glory. And here, this main context of this verse, it says that when God made Himself known to these folks, when God made Himself known to these folks, they glorified Him not, and they were not thankful. Now, there are two important things that happens when they did not glorify God and when they were not thankful. The first part of it, I'm going to read this verse all the way through, and then we're just going to talk about it just a minute. In verse 21, it says, Because that when they knew God, they glorified Him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. So, number one, when they did not glorify God, they became vain in their imaginations. That is, when, when God is not number one on your heart and your mind, then your heart and your mind will become vain. There's going to be something that's number one in you. You're, there's going to be something that matters the most to you. There's going to be. Something is going to have the preeminence of your heart. Something's going to have the preeminence of your mind. And if your mind is not fixed on God, then your mind will be fixed on something. And here, what this verse is telling, and you know the rest of the Bible teaches this as well, but if you're not fixed on God, you're going to be fixed on something that is vain, that is something that is not God, something that is of earthen, something of earthen. So if our mind, if in our mind we don't always worship and glorify and exalt and receive Jesus, what we're going to do is we're going to glorify, worship, and exalt something else. And you may not use those words, but I'll tell you, there are people, and I'll just give you a, a, you know, a few ways that people do this. There are people who 
Um, you know, their imagination is corrupted by vain things such as I know people that rather than glorifying God on a Sunday, they'd rather go take out the bass boat and go fishing. And what happens is that becomes a, some, a vain thing in their mind. Now, in and of itself, going with your bass boat fishing is no big deal. In and of itself, that, that could be a good thing. But when you don't glorify God with your mind, when you don't worship Him, when He's not on the forefront of your thoughts, when you don't magnify and exalt Him in your mind, then when you begin to do those types of things, those things will set up and take root. And, and, and you know, there's a vast, you know, number of things. A vain imagination is just simply a worldly, a, a worldly mind. That's basically what it is. It is something that is focused on the things of this earth. So you really, in this verse, you really get a, 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 a contrast between meditating on, glorifying, and exalting the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And if you don't, then your mind is going to be trapped into thinking, stinking thinking about things on this earth. And then it follows up, the next part is that their foolish heart was darkened. And so, you know, it, this part goes with the thankfulness. And that's, you know, here we are. Um, but if you are not thankful then this verse is telling us, this is talking about the unrighteous people and the progression that they go in. First thing is, they don't glorify God in their mind. And because of that, their mind gets corrupt and all they think about is worldly stuff. And then secondly, when we're not thankful, guess what happens? Our heart, our heart is darkened. It actually says their foolish heart was darkened. Our heart is darkened. And, and, and what that means is we become unresponsive to the voice of God. We become unresponsive to the pleading of God. We become unresponsive to the Spirit of God. And, and you know, this is what we call a cold, bitter, dark, and calloused heart. It, a, a heart that is being darkened is going in the opposite direction of God. And so the quickest way to let your heart grow dark, the quickest way to grow bitterness in your heart, the quickest way you know, for your heart to get cold and hard is to start being unthankful. You see, thankfulness keeps us in a place where our heart stays right with God. Thankfulness keeps us in a place where we acknowledge God, who He is, and what He's done. Thankfulness, as I read to you in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18, thankfulness is God's will for our life. God tells us in everything to give thanks. This is the will of God in Christ. Uh, you know, our, our job as believers is to do these two things, to glorify God, exalt Him, worship Him, 
and to keep our hearts thankful to God. Now, being thankful is is such a, an important thing to God. And, I, you know, <clears throat> one of the things that I always say is, you know, God wants us to live a thankful life. And it's, it's how we keep <coughs> our hearts right with God. So thankfulness is, is pretty important uh, to God in this aspect. And tomorrow we're going to be getting into a, a little bit deeper um, into thankfulness and, and going a little bit further with this. I, I want to thank you for joining us on today's program. Now, I'm Pastor Kenny Word. I'm the pastor over at Gospel Lighthouse Church. If you want to email me, uh, if you need to contact me, you got a suggestion or a comment about today's program or anything, um, you can always do that. Um, you know, you can reach out to me through email. Uh, my email address is kjcword, kjcword, at gmail.com. And also, if you want to reach out to us, look us up on the internet. Our church, um, our website is www.churchlighthouse.com. We would love to hear from you, love to get to know you. And guys, we just pray that this message has been a blessing to you. Lord, and, and, you know, it is so important to keep thankful heart. Guys, thank you for joining us on Defending the Faith today. May God bless you. You have been listening to Defending the Faith with Pastor Kenny Word of Gospel Lighthouse Church in Bossier City. Defending the Faith uses foundational principles, fundamental teachings, and faithful preaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ to influence the world and strengthen believers in their daily walk. Gospel Lighthouse Church is located at 4350 Panther Drive in Bossier City. Go to churchlighthouse.com for more information. And please tune in again next time for Defending the Faith.